The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and welcome to National Epilepsy Awareness Month, and of course, Thanksgiving week. And a happy Thanksgiving to all of the great listeners and to your family. I wish you the best. Talk about Thanksgiving. What can I say? We have the king on our show today, the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, a champion for everyone, my mentor, my hero. It gives me great pleasure to have Tony Quello as my guest today. Thank you, Joyce. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and all your listeners as well. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. And uh, for all of my listeners, just so you know, it is Tony that really influenced my life the most. As a matter of fact, prior to meeting him, I would just tell everyone I had a seizure disorder. And then after I met Tony, he said, what I think you mean is you have epilepsy. And, hey, ever since then, I tell the world I have epilepsy. So, Tony, as you know, this year was the 20th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. What a great celebration we had. Um, but I wanted to ask you, especially since you were the author, what, what was your most vivid memory of the day in 1990 when it was signed? Well, Joyce, uh, you have to remember uh, 20 years we've celebrated the anniversary each year, and a lot of things happen and so forth, but go back 20 years, um, we had never had uh, a signing at the White House uh, of something like this. And here we were on the south lawn of the White House. There were thousands of people on the south lawn. We had the President of the United States uh, uh, in the midst of all of us, and uh, he was signing this bill for our community. It was, it was an overwhelming, just a, a, an absolutely a, a wonderful, wonderful feeling, a wonderful event for our community that the President of the United States was going to sign in the law saying that everybody with a disability uh, was basically going to get their civil rights, their basic civil rights basically saying they had a right to go to court to demand uh, that they had their basic rights, just like any other American, that they, they could uh, uh, go to court to protect their rights, just like any other, any other American. Now, we wouldn't get anything different than any other American, but no longer would we be shoved uh, back of everybody else. No longer could we be ignored uh, legally. Uh, no longer could we be denied legally that in this 
stroke of a pen, the President of the United States was going to say to our community, um, you're part of this great country uh, just by a stroke of the pen. It was, it was an awesome feeling. It was just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Well, it is the greatest piece of civil rights history over the past 20 years. There's no question about that, but I wanted to ask you, so what does it feel like knowing that you were the author of this great, liberating piece of legislation that has impacted thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and millions, actually, of people, not only here in the United States, but throughout the world, who now can be employed and have access. You know, do you ever think about that, that, you know, you were behind that? Well, Joyce, I do. Uh, Fifty-two different countries now have a form of the ADA that they never had before. Um, And... I think about that. Um, it, it's very personal to me because um, um, when I was uh, struggling uh, with my acceptance of my disability, not so much me personally accepting it, but my family and my church and um, uh, everybody around me rejecting my epilepsy. And as you know, my story, I was suicidal and, and so forth. And uh, a great person basically uh, had me live with he and his family, an individual by the name of Bob Hope. And, and uh, one day he said to me, he said, Tony, uh, you think you have a ministry uh, that can be practiced uh, only in a church. And uh, that's where you're wrong. A true ministry can be practiced uh, in business. It can be practiced in the entertainment world, in sports world. Um, it can be practiced in so many different areas uh, besides a church, and where it can really be effective is in politics, and, and that's where you're belonging. And if you do it right, you can impact millions of people. And I think back today, and, and Bob Hope turned out to be such a wonderful mentor to me, um, and I think back, and did he really understand what he was saying when he told me that, and and he lived to be a hundred, and he lived to hear me tell him um, how his advice to me uh, impacted uh, uh, thousands and millions of people, and it has. And for that, um, I've always been uh, eternally grateful to him because he's the one who steered me. Uh, down this path, and I am um, uh, humbled and grateful to him uh, for that advice. You know what, Tony? I thought about that one day also. I was reading some article about all the great things that Bob Hope has done, and I thought, you know what? Little would he know that because of believing in you and giving you that chance, the Americans with Disabilities Act came to be. You know what I mean? Right. Isn't that amazing when you think about that? Yeah. He um, he did so many wonderful things, and the agreement that I had with him is that I would never talk about it. But he um, he helped out individuals uh, with a stipulation they couldn't tell people. 
and he was helping people all the time. Um, he was such a giving person. He never spent Christmas at home uh, because he was always, uh, until he got m- much older, because he was always uh, with the troops overseas uh, every Christmas, and he got home just in time for New Year's, and his Christmas was New Year's uh, with his family. But he was always uh, on the road at Christmas so he could spend it with the troops in some foreign land. Um, But uh, he was always doing things for people, making a difference in people's lives as long as they never told anybody. Well, that is amazing. Well, Tony, you're very similar. Well, I appreciate that, Joyce. Uh, I believe in that firmly because of the example that uh, he was to me. Um, He used to talk to me about it all the time and why he felt so strongly about it. And he used to say that if you do things for people so that others know about it, then you didn't do it for the right reason. Um, It's important that the person uh, is impacted and that you feel good about it, but if you have to tell somebody, uh, then that takes away the goodness of what you've done. And I believe in that uh, ever since we've talked about it. He he, um, was such a genuine person, um, and uh, I never, he, 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 he would joke about people, because that was his business, of course, but I never heard him talk evil about anybody. Um, he would um, uh, joke about politicians all the time, all the time, and, um, uh, and use that uh, politically, for uh, uh, use it for comic reasons, because uh, that made his show. But he was um, so proud to be an American, um, and um, uh, believed in our country. As you know, he was born born in uh, England, but he was so proud to to be an American, and and he uh, conveyed to me all the time. Uh, I traveled with him and lived with him for over a year. And he conveyed to me all the time uh, these strong, strong beliefs. He was uh, an Episcopalian and converted to Catholicism at the end of his life. His wife was a very devout Catholic, but um, he didn't convert till the end of his life. Uh, but uh, he was very religious, uh, in his own way, and he talked about that a lot too. Um, but um, he had he had a huge impact on my life. Well, that is such a phenomenal story. And um, what did what did he say to you, Tony? I remember he made a comment when he found out who who you were a staffer to. He said he said to me, he said, "Look, you've got to get into politics." And so I thought about it. And I um, decided to write a letter to my congressman, who I didn't know. And basically, when I read the letter um, uh, a couple years ago, it was sort of an interesting letter. It said, you lucky son of a gun, in effect, here I am, you should hire me. Um, And um, 
uh, I got the job because I had an agriculture background, and my congressman was looking for somebody with an agriculture background. I was young, and that's what he wanted. And so I got the job without me ever applying to anybody else. I just applied to him, and I got the job. And so Mr. Hope uh, was up in in uh, uh, Monterey, uh, actually Pacific Grove, uh, with Bing Crosby uh, at his uh, golf tournament. And um, so I called him and I said, um, listen, I took your advice and and I have a job and I will uh, be leaving you in, in about a month. He said, a job? Who with? And I said, <laughs> my congressman, what's his name? I said, Bernie Sisk. He said, who is he? I've never heard of him. Um, and he said, uh, so I told him, and he says, are you a Democrat or Republican? And I said, a Democrat. A Democrat? Why would you go work for a Democrat? <laughs> so that was, that was his commentary. Well, he, I'm sure, is looking down and very proud of the influence. Look what you ended up doing. It's just so wonderful and so amazing. And we're going to talk to Tony Moore as soon as we come back after break. This is National Epilepsy Awareness Month, and you are listening to Joyce Bender on Disability Matters at VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Tony. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. 
Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. This is National Epilepsy Awareness Month. And who better to have on the show than Tony Quello, former congressman, former chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation, author of the ADA, and also a person living with epilepsy who speaks really constantly about epilepsy and quality of life for people. And, Tony, before we went to break, uh, one of the things we talked about, in addition to your wonderful relationship with Hollywood star Bob Hope, is we talked about the ADA. And I know that you know the Bush family very well, um, especially former President uh, Bush, who signed the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, but I don't think people realize, didn't he face opposition to the fact to uh, signing this? And if so, what, what was the main criticism he was receiving from the private sector and elsewhere? Well, uh, start off with his chief of staff, John Sununu, who was the former governor of New Hampshire, and his chief of staff um, was adamantly opposed. He said, uh, this goes against state rights, and it's wrong. Um, and I called John, who is a friend, and I said, you know, why are you fighting this? He said, well, I just think it's wrong, Tony, and, and so forth. And I said, well, the president, uh, when he ran in 1988, said he would sign it. And, uh, and I just am I'm troubled that you would be fighting him on this. And he said, well, I know what you'll do. Uh, you'll just call him, and he'll call me in and say, uh, back off, I want, to, I want to sign this bill, but I'm going to make you call him. I'm just not going to back off. He's going to have to call me in and tell me. Um, so I did, and he did, and that's what happened. But business community was adamantly opposed because they felt that the cost of the ADA would be tremendous, that the accommodations to individuals uh, would be overwhelming. Well, the point that I made then is that uh, we, in the ADA, we basically said, used a term that had never been used before, called reasonable accommodation, so that we would not force any business uh, uh, out of business, go into bankruptcy, because they are taking care of employees that, that need an accommodation. So that, uh, for example, if your employee uh, needed a desk accommodation, you, depending on the type of business you had, uh, if you were a small business, you could uh, chop up a piece of two-by-four and, and put uh, the two-by-four under the legs, uh, the pieces of two-by-four under the legs of the desk and lift it up so somebody could uh, move their, their chair uh, under the desk so that it could accommodate somebody. Uh, now, if you're a McDonald Corporation, uh, you could get a, you could afford a reasonable accommodation. You could afford a new desk. But we deliberately did not. It didn't make sense to us to run a business out of business in order to try to get somebody a job. We were trying to get people jobs, so that we wanted to make sure that we were getting somebody a job, and you kept the business in business so they could provide the job. So the reasonable accommodation became a very critical part of it. But the business community fought us, and we had restaurants fighting us, and we had uh, the 
bus owner companies saying they couldn't, they would have to have these expensive lifts and so forth. And the point I made on the bus owners is that, look, at uh, once it becomes law, the technology will become available so that these buses will dance and prance and do everything in order to be able to pick up uh, people in chairs, and those buses will make it accessible for mothers and fathers with their uh, baby strollers and the elderly and so forth. And nowadays, sure enough, the buses now have the technology where they go, the air is let out, the buses bow at the uh, so people can get on and so forth. And, and basically, uh, the business community just was opposed, and they put a lot of pressure on President Bush, uh, but he, he was committed uh, to helping us. He understood uh, the disability community. He had a daughter uh, who died of a disability. He really understood uh, the community and wanted it uh, to be passed. He committed to it in, in 88 when he ran for president. Um, and uh, uh, Michael Dukakis, who was a Democratic opponent, he committed to it as well. And so we had both candidates running for president who committed to it. And President Bush uh, stuck by that commitment, fought off the business community, and fought off his chief of staff and, and signed it. And President Bush, we are so proud of you and thankful this Thanksgiving that you did that. Hey, I think we have a caller on the line. Hi, Joy. Steve. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. It's always nice to hear the voice of Steve Sabatini. Steve, do you have a question or comment for our guest today? Hey, Tony. Hi, Steve. Steve is our former board chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. Great, great friend. Thank you, Steve. And a role model for me. Well, I'm I'm talking to two uh, very special people, and both, uh, as you know, Joyce is the uh, the current chair, and uh, Tony was the chair before me. So uh, we have the past, um, the past, past, and 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 the current and the future here uh, for the Epilepsy Foundation. But you know, as I was, I was listening to the um, you know Tony's discussion about the ADA bill, and you know, from my perspective, because I've always been in business, is you know we've had to to make those types of accommodations that Tony was talking about. And I think, you know, when <clears throat> these new, when new laws come up, um, everyone's a little afraid of them and don't know exactly how to react to them. But, you know, you, um, you adjust, and it's not a big deal, and it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there that um, are now – able to come into the workforce because of these accommodations can be made, they're productive, and I think it's uh, it's better for the economy, obviously, because now they're, they're earning money, they're paying taxes, um, so I think um, that law really is a great accomplishment, and it not only helps people uh, with disabilities, it helps our economy, it, uh, it increases the tax base, and it just, uh, you know, makes our... Um, our entire uh, economic situation uh, better. Thank you, Steve. I, I think we also should thank Steve because mm-hmm. Steve was chairman of the board when uh, he had Sandy Finucane, who is our uh, general counsel, uh, work uh, practically full-time on the ADA Amendments Act to 
correct a Supreme Court decision that said that uh, individuals with uh, uh, epilepsy and some other uh, disorders uh, were not covered by the original ADA, and we had to get an ADA Amendments Act passed by the Congress to say, uh, oh, Supremes, uh, you got this one wrong. Uh, that was the intent of the Congress, and we got it passed uh, through the Congress practically unanimously, and, and President George W. Bush, son of, uh, signed that into law. But Steve, uh, as chairman of the board, uh, led the way for the foundation uh, to provide uh, uh, the main uh, uh, legal support and advocacy our uh, uh, affiliates all through the, throughout the country really did uh, great yeoman work to uh, provide the support, get members of Congress, the House and the Senate uh, to really support it, and we got uh, practically unanimous support. And both the House and the Senate, Democrats and Republicans, which most of you listeners will know that that's pretty unheard of uh, in the Congress nowadays to get uh, uh, unanimous support from both bodies and both parties to, for any legislation. So thank you, Steve, for all that effort. Well, well San- Sandy did a great job here. Yep. And, and the Epilepsy Foundation, you know, was the leader, was one of the leaders in, in helping this happen. But but I do remember when the opportunity came up uh, to really move this legislation along and we needed you know, to get as many co-sponsors on the bill as possible, we really rallied our troops. And within, I don't know, a couple of days, um, I think we had over 100 co-sponsors as a result of, um, you know, a lot of phone calls and and uh, meetings that uh, that our people in our organization, um, you know, were able to uh, uh, to achieve. So that was a great achievement. That was really a um, – it's amazing what you can do, uh, you know, when you have – a committed, focused organization. That's exactly right. And, Steve, before you go, I just want to say, you know, every Thanksgiving, I think of different people that I'm very thankful for. And without a doubt, Steve Sabatini, you are one of those people because while you were chair, you helped me, but as chair, you really helped me, and you've really been supportive and you're a wonderful friend uh, but just a great leader for the foundation i just want you to know how much i appreciate you and everything you've done thanks joyce and i I appreciate that but uh, i also on thanksgiving i give thanks for you and tony um for what all of you have done for uh, for our organization and uh, everyone with disabilities so Thanks for having me on. Uh, and listen, you and your family have a blessed Thanksgiving. Yep. You, you and Tony, your family as well. Thank you, Steve. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Right, bye bye. What a great person he is. Absolutely. We we are very fortunate to have so many great people, you know, in the Epilepsy Foundation. But as he mentioned, Tony, epilepsy was key in getting the ADA Amendments Act passed. Absolutely, it, um, uh, and I I think it's important to note that uh, in the original ADA that uh, Liz Savage uh, basically uh, was she was one of our uh, uh, congressional liaison people at the foundation and working on the legal staff. Uh, she basically devoted full time 
to working with me to get the original bill uh, passed and signed into law. And so the Epilepsy Foundation has played a huge role in the original bill and the ADA Amendments Act. So Liz Savage and Sandy Finucane uh, deserve a lot of credit. The Epilepsy Foundation deserves a lot of credit for not only the ADA Amendments Act, but the original act itself. So that's, I think, uh, quite an honor for our, our organization. Oh, I agree it is. I know Sandy worked day and night. Um, and I really do think it is a tremendous accomplishment. Well, Tony, you were chair of the Epilepsy Foundation, but the American Association of People with Disabilities was smart enough to bring you in as the new chair. And I thought, since you are currently the chair of AAPD, and by the way, everyone, that's aapd.com. If you want to look up AAPD, aapd.com. But, Tony, I thought you could talk a little bit about that and also what your goals are with AAPD for the next year. AAPD is an organization that was created uh, 15 years ago, basically uh, after uh, ADA was in force for about five years. We realized that we needed uh, not only the law, but we needed to motivate those of us with uh, disabilities uh, to organize and to um, get people to do things to to make sure the the law was implemented correctly and do it in a bipartisan way. So we had uh, Bob Dole, uh, myself, Tom Arkin, and and several others uh, who helped create uh, AAPD. Andy Imperato has, for the last 12 years, been the CEO and the president uh, of it. Paul Hearn uh, started uh, AAPD 12 years ago. Uh, uh, Paul has since passed on. But um, uh, it's developed into a very good organization. It's cross disabilities. Uh, It's an advocacy group um, and uh, very involved in and doing things, and we uh, have uh, uh, gotten uh, the president this year, this last year, uh, to uh, uh, again advocate that we get 100,000 federal employees um, uh, hired by the federal government, um, people with disabilities, and that, uh, that this time that it be enforced by uh, Office of Personnel Management and that so that we make sure we actually do get people with disabilities uh, into the workforce. The uh, reason this is so important that the federal government played a big role in regards to um, making a difference in regards to getting women employed and making a difference in regarding uh, people of color uh, employed, uh, and the federal workforce can do that. And so by doing that with the disabled, we can uh, make great progress there. People with disabilities, while the law is on our side, we still have not been able to make the progress that we feel is critically necessary. So we're um, aggressively working on that, getting all the different federal agencies uh, working on some of these projects um, and uh, 
AAPD has been very engaged uh, in this, and I'm pleased to say that uh, we've been able to work very closely with the administration and with the Congress to get some of these things done. The president also um, uh, did a uh, public service ad uh, where he actually was 30 seconds, um, and he advocated uh, for uh, people with disabilities, and it's still on the air on TV and on radio. Uh, it's the first time that's ever been done for people with disabilities. So we're very pleased with the progress uh, that we've made in a lot of different areas. We just got a technology bill passed by the Congress, uh, again, practically unanimously, that uh, breaks the barriers for people who are hearing impaired and sight impaired in regards to technology. Um, and it's sort of uh, their ADA. So uh, uh, that's really uh, exciting uh, as well. So a lot going on uh, and a lot of uh, great activity. And it's been a, a wonderful opportunity for me for the last year and a half to serve as chairman of the board. And again, that is AAPD com. Um, I really would urge you to look at that and consider becoming a member. It is a great organization that I'm proud to be involved with. So, um, and, and Tony has taken it to a new level. So, uh, take time to check that out. I know we have a couple callers on the line. Uh, Sandy, are you on the line? Hello. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Joyce. How are you? Good. How about Andy. you? Hi, Tony. How are you? Great. Good. So can I ask my question now? Yes, go right ahead. Um, you know, it's obviously there's been um, a lot of political turmoil with the last round of elections, and I'm wondering, Tony, if you could uh, share, with, uh, share with us your thoughts on the impact the political changes might have on people with epilepsy, people with disabilities. Well, I think if, if we... If we look at um, what has happened in the last 10 years, that uh, uh, the ADA, ADA Amendments Act, uh, the things that we've worked on, we've always believed strongly, and I've been, as Sandy, as you know, a huge advocate of this, is that on disability issues, uh, there's no room for partisanship. And we have been very bipartisan in the things that uh, we have done. Um, uh, I would hope uh, that would continue. Um, now, uh, with um, uh, the way the, the, the new political order is come January, um, you have a Senate that is um, uh, controlled by the Democrats, a House that's controlled by the Republicans, and then, of course, the White House is controlled by uh, Democrats. Um, I don't see much difference. I think my uh, concern, to some extent, is that uh, with the two wars, uh, with the amount of uh, um, tax cuts that have, have been given over the years, uh, and so forth, that we're in a huge deficit situation and that there is a hue and cry uh, and to some extent 
rightfully so, to do something about the deficit, that we need to do something. Now, what happens when you uh, immediately think about the deficit is that generally the disadvantaged and the poor generally get hurt first and the most. Um, and so I think that's what we've got to be careful, for, careful of is that we don't regress in regards to progress that we've made on disabilities. Um, and so I get concerned about that. But in regards to the ADA, in regards to uh, the progress that we've made there, <coughs> I don't think there will be any negative impact. But in regards to a lot of the uh, social programs, um, I do worry uh, somewhat about that. Um, and, and to a great extent, it will depend on uh, if the Congress decides to get serious about deficit reduction and then what actually takes place. Uh, will they actually do something over the next two years? That's very interesting. Um, can I ask a follow-up question? Yes, go ahead. So, um, you know, I think I certainly hear you on the whole issue of um, the deficits and the impact that has. I'm hearing again and again with Medicaid in particular that so many people use for health insurance and all that kind of stuff. We really have to educate policymakers about what the needs are or there's going to be there's not enough understanding of what what the impact of cuts in those areas are going to have for people with chronic disabilities. But I'm also um, interested to hear what you think, if, if there's a role for any, how, how might employment programs be affected, um, for example, by, uh, you know, a tighter budgets and things like that? Well, I, I think, you know, if you sit back, if they're willing to sit back and listen and be educated, and I don't know if they are because, Sometimes when you get in a hot political climate, people aren't willing to, to be educated or listen. They, they want to make political points. Um, but um, if, if you employ, uh, people then uh, um, make money and pay taxes, and that helps uh, the federal government because there's more revenue and people then aren't uh, taking money uh, for programs and so forth, and the ripple effect is tremendous. Uh, but you have to be willing uh, to provide the programs to, uh, that provide the employment and so on. Um, and to a great extent, uh, when you get in the, the political rhetoric, though, uh, there's a tendency just to say, cut, cut, cut as opposed to getting out the parry knife and saying uh, this is a program that really ultimately provides a benefit. Um, and, but I don't know uh, uh, what will prevail here. My concern to some extent is that the House will try to make uh, political points as opposed to uh, determining uh, what it has long-term benefit question will be, uh, does the Senate uh, provide some balance, and do, then do they work it out uh, in conference? So we'll have to see. The one thing that happens in our government all the time is that there uh, is a pendulum all the time, and that uh, things will generally work themselves out. Uh, it's too early to tell 
whether or not that is going to be the case uh, with this current political climate. Um, some people, uh, some elected leaders are basically saying our primary concern is just to defeat the president and we don't care about programs or anything else. Uh, if that is your primary concern, uh, then there are a lot of people that are employ, unemployed and, and programs that will affect the economy uh, that are not going to get addressed, and that's a shame. Uh, but I hope that as we actually get into governing, which will be in January and so forth, that uh, we'll get back to governing as opposed to politicking and that things will be different. Thank you, Tony. It's always wonderful to hear your advice. Thank you. And Sandy. Sandy mm -hmm. is our uh, acting CEO for the Epilepsy Foundation, doing a great job. And Sandy, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank Thanks, you, Sandy. Sandy. Bye. I, I, I think we have another caller on the line. Hello. Hey, Judy. I know who that Hi. is. Hi. How are I, you? Listening to you two talking uh, really, really reminds me of what I have to be thankful for. Uh, you are two of the most dynamic people I've ever met, and you've done so much for other people, um, uh, not only with disabilities but their families. And uh, as Tony mentioned, you know, when when you did uh, when we did all the curb cuts and. I never believed when I was in my 20s that this was going to happen, that we would have curb cuts and that actually there would be buses that would be allowing people who were in wheelchairs to be, you know, on public transportation. I, it's a dream that I never thought would happen. And then some of the work that I see you doing, Joyce, uh, with all of your people, and Tony, the work that you're doing with AAPD and, and that the government has actually said that they were going to hire 100,000 people with disabilities is, is just amazing. Do you sometimes look back and think, who's doing all this? Well, Judy, I just want to say, um, also, you're doing a lot. So I don't I know. I'm, please. That's not. <laughs> yes, you are. Well I, well, I think we all are, but I think you two, as leaders and people as mentors to all of us, to see what can be done. Very often, you know, sometimes the forest is so big, and, and you, you take the trees and, and, and you move them aside for, for the rest of us to come through. But, Tony, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, um, besides saying hello to you for my sister Maureen, who was just so impressed that she had the opportunity to meet you, um, is... Say hello to Maureen for me, please. I will. I will. She'll be so excited that this, she was actually on the radio. <laughs> she's been. Uh, she's notified everyone in my family. And as you know, I come from a very large family. And every time I see someone, they said, "So Maureen met Tony Coelho." <laughs> yes, she did. Um, but one of the things that I notice about government uh, and listening to uh, what's going on today, you know, just small things that the uh, the political parties are doing that they're being so adversarial that you know it seems that we can't move anything forward. Uh, even things that everyone agrees upon, uh, for instance, you know the treaty that we're trying to come together with with uh, Russia. Um, that when you were in Congress, you were talking about the fact that that you called you can call up a a senator from another party and and 
and talk to him and get things done. Uh, do you think that that is ever going to come back to Washington, D.C.? Well, uh, it, it was different then in that uh, you could actually have uh, strong relations with people on the other party. Bob Dole and I were and still are uh, close friends, uh, Bob being Republican leader in Senate, the majority leader and the minority leader, uh, uh, different times, and, but I could directly call Bob and work out uh, deals uh, with him um, and he with me. Um, and that was true with uh, different people, uh, true with uh, Dick Cheney and uh, when he was Republican whip uh, in the House. Um, nowadays, they don't even talk to each other, which is extremely unfortunate. For um, our country. For, for the country. And, and, uh, and what they need to do is um, settle down, stop, take a breath, um, and uh, just sit down, have a drink, and, and talk about uh, each other and find out that they actually they put on their pants the same way as each other. And there's a lot of things that they do that are similar to each other and that uh, they have some honest disagreements, and that's fine. But the country has real needs, and if they actually sat down, they could work out the differences. Um, but they're so bitter today that if they can't sit down, there's no way to get around it. And, and, and what they do is they want to sit down and, and start arguing about the issue they disagree on. That isn't the way to have a discussion, as you well know. You've you got to sit down and talk about, you know, what are the things that you know about each other and, and you have in common, and then, then you find out that the issues that you disagree on aren't as big as you think they are. Uh, these elected officials are people, and sometimes they think they're bigger than that when they really aren't. Um, and so I am still hopeful. I am still hopeful. Um, yeah, because that, there are still states people, it seems, around, but it seems like so many of them have gone, you know, that that has become so so hard, and there are so many pools that are, you know, the American people feel this way, the American people feel that way. I heard someone say this morning, you know, why don't we just forget about hiring anybody for Congress and ask the American people what they think every day, and then we'll just do that. You know, it, it just, it, none of it makes any sense, you know, uh, on what's going on today, because as you say, you know, in the beginning, if you gave the vote to the American people and said, do you believe that we should employ people with disabilities, I think the polls would come back that 67% of the people said no, 10% of the people said they don't know, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's it, you know, nothing would ever be accomplished if you were trying to build that sort of consensus amongst the American well, people. Well, let's, let's just take a current topic right now. Okay. Uh, the, the security... Uh, situation at airports, right. pat-downs and going through the machines and so forth. If you listen to the media for the last week, you would think that 90% of the American people would be opposed to this. A poll just came out today that said that 80% of the American people, 80% of the American people supported the machines and the pat-downs because they believe in safety first. Mm-hmm. And all what media was doing was paying attention to these 20% or 15 or 10% and, 
and making them into being the 80%. I know, and, which and, happened with, with the way people voted this year, I believe. Yeah, and I just think at times that that's why I advocate is sit back and talk a little bit. I, I think that the media has a tendency to want to play up. Uh, because well, it's boring, I suppose, if everyone gets along. Well, it, it, the, it, the media now is 24-7. It's on cable and so forth. They have to have arguments. You know, we have to have people disagreeing. And so you have to have, you know, uh, this woman or this guy yelling about being patted down. And then, you know, the, the one who says, but I, my safety is what I'm primarily concerned about, they don't pay attention to, to that person at all. Um, you know, look, at none of us like to do the inconvenience of being patted down or the the – uh, you know the uh, the invasion of privacy and so forth. But do I want my plane to blow up? No. Uh, and so if I have to be inconvenienced, I'll be inconvenienced. Um, and and so I I think that we live in a different world today. And I but so I only point this out is because I think that at times the these politicians pay attention to the 10, 15, 20% instead of paying to paying attention to the vast majority of people. And I I blame that on on both parties and and so forth. And I wish people would just settle down a bit. But anyhow, I don't want to preach here that's wasting Joyce's time. No, I don't want to preach either. But thank you so much for taking my call and You're I welcome. wish you both a uh very Happy and pleasant Thanksgiving and to you and your your families and certainly to Bender Consulting Company. Judy, happy Thanksgiving to all of you, to your family and to the great staff at the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. All right. You both have a wonderful holiday weekend, and we'll be seeing you soon. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Judy. Bye-bye. You know what, Tony? I'm just sitting here absolutely in shock when you told that story about the TSA. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, Only because if you listen to the media, it was like people were ready to shut down the TSA agents everywhere. Yeah, I I just, I think, you know, people are concerned about the privacy and are concerned about the inconvenience. They are. There's no doubt about that, but you ask them, are you prepared to put up with that for your safety? And of course they are. Um, and but I think that there needed a better be a better job of communicating why we're doing this and so forth. They've done a better job of that. The the head of TSA was a little dictatorial. Uh, they calmed him down a bit. Um, and and it's what I've said earlier about let's just talk about what you're doing. Well, he didn't want to say too much because the terrorists would know too much. Well, you know, the American people have a right to know. And now he's talked, uh, you know, he's had to talk anyway, and and the American people have calmed down because they recognize what what's at stake here, and we have a bunch of crazy militants throughout the world that that are jealous of what we have here in the United States, jealous of our freedoms, jealous of our successes, and jealous of you know where we've been and where we're going as a country and as a people, and so they want to destroy what we have, and we can't let them do that by we as a people uh, uh, objecting to what protects us. And so um, I just say, slow down, come on. Um, And I loved what I heard today. I just said, you know, 
the American people are so good. They're bright and they're able to handle this stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. Hey, Tony, I wondered if you had a quick message for any young person. I know how much you believe in young people, uh, but any young person with a disability may be going through a difficult time or facing obstacles in in their life. Uh, do you have any any words for them? Yes, Joyce, as you know, as a young person, um, I let uh, people get to me, and I was suicidal as a result of it. And I just want to tell people that, you know, young people in particular, uh, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe uh, in your future. No matter what your situation is, reach out and talk to uh, a loved one or talk to somebody, um, and uh, we can help you overcome whatever it is that you have. But uh, believe in yourself. Uh, this is a great country, and, um, and if you believe uh, you can uh, uh, turn things around. Um, and uh, so many people uh, have been able to do things. And I recognize uh, that uh, some of us have dealt, been dealt a hand um, that we didn't want, uh, but uh, God judges us by how we dealt with that hand. And so um, uh, I just ask you to, to believe Love yourself because we love you. Yeah, and uh, I know, Tony, in your life, as you mentioned how you were suicidal, but I know I've heard you tell this story a million times about how you saw those children uh, at, at a merry-go-round getting off and on and not worrying about anything and that you made a decision to be that way and and that really that's how you've been ever since. Isn't that correct? That's right. I saw these young kids, two and three and four and five years old, uh, just believing in themselves, laughing and carrying on. And I decided in my drunken stupor at that point that I was not going to let other people uh, knock me down uh, and that I was going to believe. And from that day forward, I believed. Now, that doesn't mean that my life hasn't uh, has always been easy. It hasn't. I still have seizures to this day. Um, I still have difficulties. Um, but I believe, and I really believe, and I just don't let anybody uh, tear me down anymore. I just don't don't let it bother me. I believe in myself, and I um, and I just won't um, let people um, um, make fun of me or what I stand for or what what happens to me, uh, because I know that uh, uh, that I'm doing the best I can, and that's what we all uh, should should do. And uh, um, and all of us can do something. That's what's great about um, what God has done for us and what our country has done for us, that we can do things. Yes. Uh, Tony, what are, what are you the most thankful for this Thanksgiving? I'm most thankful for my health, uh, most thankful uh, for my family, my grandkids. I have three grand wonderful young grandkids, um, and uh, I just uh, am such a, a proud person of, of uh, the progress that we have made uh, in the disability community and 
how much more has to be done, you know, but um, I think if you uh, complain about what hasn't been done, you can never really appreciate with what has been done. And I love to appreciate with what has been done, recognizing um, there's still a lot of work to do, and, and uh, that's why I'm here, is to do that work. Well, Tony, before we close the show, let me say how thankful we all are for you and for your unbelievable generosity, your kindness, your compassion, uh, your perseverance. I mean, I know of no one that has, especially a former congressman who is still so well-known and still works day and night to help people living with epilepsy and all people with disabilities. Um, And I know this Thanksgiving that I will be saying how thankful I am that you came into my life. Thank you, Joyce. I feel the same about you, and and I really uh, think that the disability community has helped me so much. It's my ministry, and what it's what provides me the juice to keep going. I, I love the community, and I love what it stands for. Well, listen, everyone, as we close the show, first of all, thank you, Tony. We end the show always with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. So it has to be Tony, and he knows that I listened to him when he said, when you get the chance to take the podium, speak up. And, Tony, I listened. Thank you, Joyce. Happy All right. Listen. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, to all of my great listeners, to everyone at Voice America, and to my tremendous producer, Michael. I wish all of you a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. See you next week. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.